This is actually running longer than I thought it would, but as you guys know, I have lots to say about movies and Oscars in general, so uh, bear with me as we wrap this up. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yannis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob, and this is the first bonus episode that we're doing since shifting over to our new uh, new format in episode 90. It's been about a couple months, almost completely, um, since we switched over to really embrace the world of film from a fresh angle. Normal episodes, I'll bring on a, a guest and we'll discuss a film of his or her choice uh, and really kind of delve into the subjectivity of film, kind of um, the emotional aspect of what brings us to the same movies over and over again, what we really connect with emotionally, and uh, really kind of democratizing the uh, film criticism world by bringing film critics, fans, things like that on. So that's a normal episode, but this is a bonus episode, and these are basically going to be designed for me to uh, either have a guest and talk about a specific topic that falls outside the purview of that format that I just mentioned, or for me to do just a solo show where I just give my feedback on something. I apologize, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold here, the remnants of a cold. Um, So if I sound a little stuffy, that's that's the reason for that. So this episode we're going to be talking about, or I'm going to be talking about, the Academy Award nominations. Now, since I was a kid, I think it's the the year that it really crystallized was uh, 98, so the Titanic year. Uh, The year the Titanic not was released, but was... Uh, up for all the Academy Awards and uh, basically swept the entire thing. That was when the Oscars really crystallized for me as something that was a big deal in Hollywood that I started following. I started trying to watch uh, more of the films or at least being aware of them. And in the last few years, I've really kind of, you know, as I've, as I've kind of gotten more experience as a film critic, I really embraced the making an effort to see all the films that are nominated or in contention. So over the last month or two, Uh, With the 2018 holiday binge in December especially, I was lucky enough to have the chance to receive screeners thanks to the Online Film Critics Society and my role with them and um, catch up on a lot of these films either in theaters or, you know, at home. Um, So thankfully, I have seen all eight of the Best Picture nominees. But uh, with this, with the nominees being announced earlier this week, I really wanted to kind of take a few minutes and run through the uh, the list here and just give some of my uh, my initial thoughts uh, about who was nominated, who was snubbed, what I would have liked to have seen, things like that. So I'm just on Oscars.org and they have the full nominees listed. I'm just going to run through it in the order that it's listed there. Um, not exactly the best order for dramatic effect, unfortunately. So I'm just going to run through it that way just for simplicity's sake. So the first one they have listed here is Actor in a Leading Role. We have Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, and Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for a Green Book. Uh, you know, if you've read my review of my reviews on the site, I reviewed uh, Vice, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Green Book all in the 2018 holiday binge. I was not really a big fan of any of those films. 
uh, of these nom- nominees, I think, you know, I understand Remy Malik's nomination. I think that his performance is solid, even if I don't particularly enjoy that film. Uh, and Christian Bale's for Vice, I think, is a good performance as well. Same thing. Same. Viggo Mortensen, I think, is basically playing a stereotype. So I'm a little less enthused to see him being recognized. But, you know, especially when this is a year where I would have seen stuff like I would have liked to have seen Joaquin Phoenix for uh, You Were Never Really Here or. Um, ben Foster for Leave No Trace or Ethan Hawke for First Reformed which is again not really a, a film that I loved like some people did but one that I, you know, I think his work in there stands on its own you know, regardless of the fact that it's not necessarily one of my favorite films I think his performance was strong enough to warrant at least uh, consideration there so it's a, it's a bit of a bummer that uh, Ethan Hawke and some of those other people were not nominated uh, at all and it just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really a kind of a bummer best actor year for me. I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of any of these films per se. So, uh, it it does it is looking increasingly like the winner will probably be, um, either cr- probably Christian Bale. I would say is most likely. I think he's the favorite right now. Not no pun intended with the the uh, Yorgos Lanthimos film that's also nominated for a bunch this year, um, but. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen David Diggs nominated for Blind Spotting. I think that was a tremendous film that nobody saw, unfortunately. And it just feels like a real missed opportunity to spread the wealth a little bit to some films that, uh, you know, were more deserving. Just the Oscar has, has a tendency to really hone in on a a finite amount of films that they think makes an impression and then really reward them like crazy. And uh, it's unfortunate that some smaller films got left behind. So that's uh, that's my thoughts on Best Actor. Moving into uh, Actor in a Supporting Role. We have Mahershala Ali for Green Book. Again, not really a film that I'm a huge fan of, but he's great. I don't know if I, I'm like super excited with giving him a second Oscar, especially for such a problematic film. Uh, if you followed the, the controversy behind that movie and uh, Nick Villalonga and Brian Singer, or not Brian Singer, and um, Peter Farrelly. <laughs> Brian Singer, that's a totally separate issue. And uh, and just like the way that that film tackles race and things like that. But Mahershala Ali is a great actor, so the nomination's fine. don't really know if I want to see him win it. Adam Driver, I thought, was great in Black Klansman. But again, going back to the best actor, I forgot to mention, John David Washington is another one that I feel like really got snubbed for Black Klansman as well. Sam Elliott in A Star is Born, I have no qualms with whatsoever. He's a great actor, and though I didn't love that film like a lot of people did, I think he has some of the most emotionally impactful moments uh, in cinema this year with the you know the, the scene where he's backing up the truck and some of the confrontations with him and Bradley Cooper and things like that. So I, I'm very happy to see him nominated. And if he does get it, it does feel like it would be sort of a career uh, achievement award. Uh, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? I thought he was great. And uh, I would I kind of would like to see him get that, especially since the movie is probably not going to get a whole lot else uh, otherwise. It's a movie that really got overlooked. And I think it's everybody's go-to example when they're talking about um, you know, female-directed films kind of getting the shaft and the fact that Marielle Heller did not get nominated for director for that, which is un- which is uh, unfortunate. I think Richard E. Grant, after getting the nomination and posting all the stuff on social media about how thrilled he is and things like that, it makes me only, it makes me want him to succeed at winning that award even more so, uh, just because it is so endearing, his response to the whole thing. And he is 
basically the scene stealer in that film. Uh, lastly, we have Sam Rockwell for Vice, which, as I said, not a film I cared for very much. Like, I love Sam Rockwell in movies, but uh, that's basically an extended cameo, so for him to get nominated for that is a little ridiculous. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a bazillion other people nominated in this category. Jesse Plemons for Game Night I thought was great. Uh, Josh Hamilton in 8th Grade I thought was great. There's multiple supporting actor performances you can go with for If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, let's see who else I had in mind here. Um, uh, oh yeah, Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther, one of my favorite, essentially my favorite movie of the year. No nomination for him. That's a bummer. I was hoping he could kind of sneak in there, and it does feel like Sam Sam Rockwell kind of stole the slot that would have gone to him. There was some buzz for Nicholas Holt for. Uh, for the favorite, and I would have liked to see that happen. So it's just, you know, again, the Oscars kind of fell fell all, all on the uh, vice train and just nominated people that happened to be in that movie, whether or not the uh, the performance was really worth recognizing, in my opinion. Actress in a leading role, we have Yolita Aparicio for Roma, which was one of the big surprises, I think, of, of the morning uh, when the nominees were announced. She's one of the, I think, one of the only Mexican... Actress is really nominated, and uh, it, it, you know it's it's a great performance. The kind of it's kind of the Roberto Benigni in that it's a a uh, person in a foreign language film who's essentially an unknown in the U.S. I think she might actually be kind of an unknown. Period. I think this might be one of her first movies, if not her first. So uh, the fact that she did such powerful work in that film, I think, is very uh, noteworthy. Glenn Close and The Wife, which is a film that. When I started watching it, the first 30, 40 minutes, she's playing really subdued. And I'm like, okay, I get it. She's good, whatever. And then it becomes basically a deconstruction of uh, the female's, female's role in a patriarchy and in a marriage and having to like play uh, a supportive, be a support system rather than ever really taking center stage. And I think Glenn Close did a tremendous job in exploring the depth of that relationship in that film. And that uh, that thematic, I think, is really uh, is really relevant even now couple that with the fact that she's never won an oscar and she's basically an iconic actress and that her really uh, memorable golden globe reaction and speech when she won there so i think she's definitely the favorite here probably second to her would be olivia coleman for the favorite who uh you know i wrote a review about that film for uh, the 2018 holiday binge on crookedtable.com really loved that movie really thought she was great in it um would love to see her win, if not for the Glenn Close factor. I don't really think Olivia Coleman's going to be able to sneak through with that. Uh, I think like Glenn Close winning this year would would be essentially the Julianne Moore and still Alice, where the movie is is underseen. The movie is appreciated by critics, but not like adored. But the performance is solid. Uh, is pretty remarkable, actually, in this case. And um, it's basically an acknowledging a lifetime achievement type of deal. Then we have Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, essentially her first big leading role on the big screen. Uh, I thought she was really great in the film. I don't think she's going to win this. I think this is more of a vote of confidence in her future as an actress than anything else. I do think that she has another award kind of in the bag, but we'll get there when we get there. And uh, Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me? I thought she was tremendous in that. Uh, it's just her second nomination. And for a comedic actress to score two nominations 
you know, within a decade, I think are, is really is really um, a show of the fact that she has a lot more range than a lot of people give her credit for, than maybe even she gives herself credit for. The fact that a lot of times she just kind of does, you know, uh, the Paul Feig films, which she's great in, but which don't really show off as much of what she's capable of. And uh, or films like Tammy and Identity Thief, things like that. Uh, it's a real bummer for this category uh, to not see Charlize Theron nominated for Tully. I thought that was a film that, as a parent, really resonated with me, and I would have liked to have seen uh, seen it get some kind of. Also, Viola Davis for Widows. I thought she was great in that, and she's an Academy favorite, recent winner in the last few years. So I would have liked to have seen her get a nomination there. Um, yeah, let's see who else. I know there was more that I had in mind. Uh, do, 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 do. I, it was a very uh, unlikely thing, but a lot of people were talking about on Twitter, film Twitter, Rachel McAdams for Game Night. Mostly, I think, because of her one-line reading of, uh, of that, oh no, he died, which she's great in that film. But again, it's comedy, so the uh, Oscars have a uh, confirmed bias against genres that aren't drama, I guess, or thriller even. Well, yeah, I guess it's basically just dramas. Uh, and again, Emily Blunt was robbed of a nomination for Mary Poppins Returns. I, some people say that she would have been Best Actress material for A Quiet Place. I think that's more, in a way, kind of more of a supporting role. I feel like the main characters are really the kids, even more than the parents, but that's just me. Um, also, Regina Hall for Support the Girls, which is a great film that you can find my review of on CrookedTable.com. Uh, just a few of the... the the films and the performances that I thought were worth getting on the on this short list, but uh, unfortunately did not make it. Actresses in a supporting role, we have Amy Adams for Vice. I, I love Amy Adams just like everybody else does. I think she needs an Oscar just like everybody else does. But I don't think this is really the movie to give it to her for. I thought she was fine in there. She has maybe a couple really big scenes, and then she's just kind of there for a lot of it. Um, and again, obviously I said I didn't really care for that film particularly. Uh, Marina de Tavira, de Tavira, sorry, for Roma. That was another surprise nomination. I, it was great to see her in there. I thought she, she, uh, she really made a lot of that part considering the amount of focus that she has on there. She's very much, um, because the film focuses on Gilitza Aparicio's character, um, this the other you know the other the head of the, the matriarch of the household is really kind of on the sidelines and creeps in and out throughout the narrative but i thought she brought a lot of richness and complexity to that role with the screen time that she had regina king for if beale street could talk which is a great movie again you know, greatable.com for my review um which unfortunately got not got kind of short shrift at the at this year's uh, nominations um i think regina king is probably the favorite to win this role uh, to win this this award, and you know she's a great actress who's done consistently good work since. I mean, I've loved her since Jerry Maguire. So, um, and she should have gotten a nomination then. So um, it's nice to see her getting uh, her just desserts here, and hopefully she will walk away with this one. Um, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz both nominated for the favorite. Great movie, of course. All three ladies got nominated. Um, very well deserved. I do feel like it's going to be the uh, the not normal kind of thing where they cancel the or split the vote where um, people don't really get behind one or the other. Uh, so that's that's a little bit uh, of, uh, I think, against their favor there. Uh, also, oh, I forgot to mention, for um, Best Actress, uh, the, Tony Collette did not get nominated for Hereditary. I just realized that I forgot to mention that in the previous category. And that's 
that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's a horror movie, so I didn't think the Academy would take it seriously, unfortunately, but I was still kind of hoping that uh, the, the, that performance would sneak in there. Um, back to supporting actress. Sorry to jump around, but uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. I forgot to do so. Uh, so supporting actress, I also would have liked to have seen uh, Thomas and McKenzie, nominated for Leave No Trace. Tiny, tiny movie nobody saw unfortunately. Um, so I didn't expect her to get it, but it would have been great just to, uh, to, uh, get her in there. Also, uh, what else did I have in mind here? Uh, Michelle Yeoh for Crazy Rich Asians, which is weird that it was such a huge hit critically and uh, financially and didn't get any nominations. So that's a huge bummer. Um, but again, didn't really expect it to, unfortunately. Tilda Swinton for Suspiria, which is a movie that was very divisive for a lot of people. Doing multiple roles in that, though, so I, I was really kind of hoping to see her uh, getting in there. And then again, even though horror movie, not exactly Oscar material, sadly. Um, so those are just a few of the people that I thought should have been nominated there. Moving on to, I swear we're not going to take this long with every category. It's just these are the biggest ones. So animated feature. All right, I have seen all five of these, thankfully, to, uh, thankfully in part to the 2018 Holiday Binge. Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the front runner here, and I think deservedly so. And the fact that Sony, Sony put Venom out, which is one of the weakest superhero movies I've seen, I mean, by far this year, if not in recent years, and uh, probably one of the poorest Spider-Man films, and puts out one of the best Spider-Man films uh, in the same year, both without Marvel Studios, really their influence at all, uh, I think is really interesting. And it makes me wonder how how the creative team uh, in Sony, how, how they approach this, this franchise and this property. Um, and the fact that not only that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is as good as it is and takes as many chances as it does, but the fact that it is now poised to be- beat a Disney animated film, uh, an anime film, which are, are usually very well-respected. I mean, Spirited Away was one of the only ones to really win, but the Academy um, does hold a certain reverence for uh, Japanese animated films, as they should. Uh, a Wes Anderson film, and a Pixar film. And the fact that a Sony Spider-Man film is the front runner to beat all those is really incredible, uh, no pun intended. And um, I'm happy to, I would be, I'm really going to be disappointed if it doesn't win this. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of people even saying that it should sneak into Best Picture, which would have been, uh, would have been welcome on my end as well. Cinematography. We have Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, and A Star is Born. Uh, not sure what the, I mean, I think we're probably going to get Roma, for cinematography here is my would be my prediction. I um, just because Alfonso Cuarón pulled off such you know he has such technical mastery of uh, of how he uses his camera and he did shoot this one himself. I think the Academy voters will probably take notice of that. So if I had to stake money on who which one of these would win, it'd probably be Roma. And um, honestly, I can't. I could that I would definitely give it that one. Uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping to see win here. I love the favorite. So I would like to see that get some awards, but I do think for cinematography, Roma is the clear standout here. Um, costume design, we have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, Mary Queen of Scots. Uh, full disclosure, I still haven't caught up with all the nominated films. I still have to see The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I've kind of been hit and miss with the Coen brothers over the years. 
Uh, and I have a screener of Mary Queen of Scots that I haven't gotten to. I got here late, uh, too late for my 2018 holiday image. Otherwise, I would have fitted on there. So costume design, I think this one has to go to Black Panther. I feel like even people that are not, even people that do not uh, love that film as much as I do are ardent defenders of its costumes and the way that the uh, Dora Milaje and the, uh, you know, the hero costumes and everything in there just really helps create that world and makes Wakanda feel real. I think, uh, you know, that's probably the most likely win that Black Panther has at this point. It is kind of crazy not to see something like uh, A Simple Favor nominated there, just because I do think that uh, the, the costumes in that film are so uh, so important to uh, to the, the narrative and to establishing the characters and how they change and all that stuff. I think they're really important to the story. Uh, it's also something like Crazy Rich Asians. I think the, the, the costuming is really key to that film as well. Um, but, you know, the Oscars tend to tend to really go for the period pieces. So uh, I'm not surprised that things like Mary Poppins and The Favorite made uh, made that list. Uh, if Beale Street Could Talk would have been another good nomination, in my opinion. But um, I really I really think that, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense for them to go with this category that the way that they the way that they went. Uh, but I'd like to see Black Panther win that one, especially if it doesn't get anything else. In directing, we have Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Powell Polokowski for Cold War, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, and Adam McKay for Vice. I think the Adam McKay nomination is total bullshit, in my opinion. Uh, again, of course, this is all my opinion. I think that film was not very good, and I don't think it should have been nominated for much of anything, let alone directing, and the fact that that pushed out Ryan Coogler, uh, that pushed out Deborah Granick, it pushed out Mariel Heller, that it pushed out... Uh, Lynn Ramsey and a lot of other much more deserving nominees. I think, you know, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, this is his first directing nomination. It's kind of ridiculous that he has never been nominated before. So by by default, I really hope that he wins just because he's been such an influential filmmaker over the past three or four, well, three decades. I think it's like mid to late 80s is when he really kind of burst on the scene. Um, so I'm rooting for him just because of, mostly because of, of a body of work. And that, that's a lot of times how the Oscars. Uh, how the Oscars go. So I could almost see them going that way, especially now that they've added a lot more members to the Academy and, and uh, a lot more diversity there. So hopefully that a lot of younger uh, Academy members will help to kind of recognize him and, and right that wrong uh, in that respect. Paolo, Paolo Polakowski, that's, a, that's a, my mouthful. Um, I'm not super familiar with his work, but I think it's cool that he got nominated, but I do not see him getting uh, getting this award. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite. I worry that this film might not win much of anything uh, because it did make my top 10 movies of the year. I did find it really entertaining and really fun and really irreverent, and I don't know if that's going to translate into one of the biggest prizes of the night with this one. Uh, I think that Alfonso Cuaron's For Roma is probably still the front runner. But um, like I said, I'm I'm really hoping to see Spike Lee nominated there or, or winning there rather for Black Klansman. Um, this is a really good year for this. I, I would have liked to see Bo Burnham nominated for Eighth Grade. Um, I would have liked to have seen. Uh, let's see. I would have liked to have seen. Uh, like I said, Lynn Ramsey, people like that. Steve McQueen, even for Widows. It was a really wide open year that they could have gone here. Barry Jenkins for If Beale Street Could Talk. There there was a lot of. Uh, really crowded uh, category for a director this year. And I think that just stands up to the fact of the, the quality of the films that we that we were able to see. It's uh, It was a really good year for cinema. Um, and it's unfortunate, like I said, that some films 
that I already mentioned by name, uh, that some films kind of dominated the nominations list here when it was at the, at the expense of, in my opinion, more deserving films. For documentary feature, we have Free Solo, Hale County This Morning, This Evening, Minding the Gap, of Fathers and Sons, and RBG. I'm only seen, uh, of those, I've only seen RBG. I've heard really great things about Free Solo and Minding the Gap. The other two I'm less familiar with. Um, so I, I have to, I, I'm not exactly sure what I want to win. I guess at this point, I only really want to want RBG. I've only seen RBG, so I guess I'm rooting for that. I could see Free Solo go, uh, go away with this one just because I've heard that it's such an amazing film, and I, I have screener of that, so I'll definitely be watching that soon. So hopefully by the time the Oscars happen, maybe I'll do another bonus episode with uh, my thoughts on the winners, and I will have seen all of these by between now and then, and I uh, can weigh in on those in a little uh, a little more detail. Documentary short subject, uh, I have not seen any of these. It's not really my, my thing, but we'll run through the nominees. Black Sheep, Endgame, not Avengers, Endgame. Lifeboat, A Night at the Garden, and Period, End of Sentence. No clue what, I haven't really seen any of those. I'm really not very good at keeping up with shorts, uh, unfortunately. So uh, your guess is as good as mine as far as what's going to win there. Film editing, we have Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Uh, I do not care for three of those films, but um, I would like to see something like The Favorite winning this. Uh, just because I think that that film is probably among, well, it's definitely one of the best made in this category. But I think so much of that film really is uh, the comic timing is so much the, the editing, the cuts between, you know, uh, Olivia Coleman when she says something and then the reaction shot to Rachel Weisz or or vice versa. Or, uh, you know, I, I, so much of comedy really hinges on editing. And a lot of times the winner here in editing corresponds to Best Picture. I don't think that's going to be the case here. I don't think the favorite is going to win Best Picture. But uh, I would like to see it at least get editing. Again, like I said, I really like that movie and I'm really worried it's not going to get anything. So, um, you know, editing would be a good place to recognize that one. Foreign language film. We have Capernaum from Lebanon, Cold War from Poland, Never Look Away from Germany, Roma from Mexico, and Shoplifters from Japan. I've only seen Cold War and Roma. I have uh, Capernaum and Shoplifters on my two-watch list, and now I've added Never Look Away, so I will have seen, hopefully, all five of these by the time the uh, Oscar ceremony actually happens. But, I mean, let's be honest. This is a foregone conclusion. Roma is going to win this one, no, uh, hands down. It's got, I think, ta- 10 nominations. So uh, the fact that it's, it's got such widespread support, that never happens unless, unless the Academy really likes a foreign language film. I mean, I think the last time that really happened, and I believe Roma's tying this film for the record as far as nominations for a foreign language film was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which easily won, won the foreign language uh, Oscar. So I think that's definitely going to win here. Um, I'm a little disappointed to see Burning not nominated. I know a lot of people love that film, and I it, I didn't love it when I first saw it, but it's one of those films that needs to you need to sit with for a couple days and let it like kind of marinate and um, realize what you what you just saw and what it was trying to say. I think uh, you know the fact that it didn't make the short list here is is a bummer, but uh, you know it's I guess a really crowded a really crowded year. So uh, for makeup and hairstyling, we have Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. The fact that Suspiria is not nominated here is um, is bullshit. I, I think that that film had some the most horrific uh, makeup and the uh, of any film I've seen this year. And I, I definitely think it should have been nominated here over something like, you know, uh, what was the other one? Mary's Queen of Scots, 
which okay they made you know they made uh, margot robbie look a little bit more like queen elizabeth okay great whatever but have you seen suspiria you you know what i'm talking about the makeup in there is ridiculously uh unsettling and um it it definitely should have gotten a nomination here. In fact, if it didn't get anything anywhere else, it should have gotten a nomination here, uh, in my opinion. So I think that's total crap that it didn't get uh, at least this one nomination. So that's that's very uh, disappointing on my end. Uh, I mean, original score, speaking of Suspiria, the Tom York score in that is probably one of the ones I've listened to the most this year, and that did not get nominated, which I, I don't understand because I thought that score was incredible. Um, so let's run through what we do have nominated here, and then we'll talk about more of ones that uh, should have made it. Black Panther, the Ludwig Gorenson score, great nod. Great, great nod. Uh, I've been listening to that one a lot too, as I've mentioned on this podcast many times. I love that film. Um, and then the music's a big part of it, the ancestral plane theme. When... Uh, when T'Challa goes to uh, has that conversation with his father, I love that um, Terrence Blanchard score for Black Klansman. I'm, I don't. That's that movie had a lot of really great things going for it, the script and the performances, and you know the way it was shot and edited and all that. But I don't remember the score did not really strike me as one of the key things there. So it's interesting that it. it, it I will find it really intriguing that it got this nomination over some other ones that we'll talk about in a second. Um, so I'm going to have to listen to that score again and uh, crystallize my opinion on that. If Beale Street Could Talk by Nicholas Bertel. We talked earlier about how uh, Barry Jenkins' films are really really kind of strong and well-made across the board. And I think his partnership with Bertel, who also did Moonlight, and I believe lost that nomination, lost that award to La La Land. Um, I, I'd like to see possibly see him get this one, even though I loved Black Panther's score as well. It's really kind of, for me, a toss-up between those two here. Alexander Desplat for Isle of Dogs. Loved that score. Very uh, distinctive sounding, and I, I love the way he approached it, um, kind of infusing the, the music with uh, you know the Japanese culture and the drums and things like that. And then Mark Shaman for Mary Poppins Returns. I thought the score was really, was really strong, but I personally wouldn't have nominated that here. I think there was much, much better uh, options here to, to, uh, as far as score is concerned. I thought 8th Grade had an amazing score. I thought Mission Impossible Fallout had an amazing score. Uh, as I mentioned, Suspiria had an amazing score. The Favorite had a really strong score. Uh, you Were Never Really Here it was a super freaking tense score that, that should have gotten nominated here. Um, a lot of people were talking about First Man, Justin Hurwitz's score there, and that was kind of the big snub in this category. So that was uh, that was a disappointing disappointment as well. I think Justin Hurwitz is a great composer. Uh, and although I did not love that film like some, uh, I do think that his music was one of the one of the highlights for sure. Um, this is just some of the ones that I I thought uh, should have been in there. Um, you know, I'm a huge movie person, obviously. So when I do writing, I have a tendency to listen to a lot of film scores. So I'm definitely going to revisit, revisit the five that got nominated here and uh, really kind of uh, hype myself up for which one I think is most deserving. For original song, best original song, we have All the Stars from Black Panther, which is a great song. I've listened to it many times since February. Uh, also kind of wondering why Pray For Me wasn't nominated, or, or like at least in contention. I guess it probably was at first, but it didn't make the short list. So uh, it makes sense that they picked this one. This is the one that's kind of in the end credits and feels like more of the theme song to Black Panther in a way. Uh, I'll Fight from RBG. 
um, which is Diane Warren's 10th nomination, by the way. So I think, come on, give her an Oscar already. This is ridiculous. Uh, the Place Where the Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns. Um, I love that song. I thought that was probably the one, you know, I, I know it was just this song and uh, Trip a Little Light Fantastic were the only two on the shortlist for Best Original Song. As I mentioned, I listened to a lot of soundtracks, so I followed the shortlist of this. Um, I'm glad this one made the cut and not the Trip a Little Light Fantastic because I think this is an infinitely better song. Uh, even though my daughter doesn't really let me listen to it because it makes her sad. So <laughs> other than that, uh, you know, it's a great song and, and I'm glad it made this list. Uh, Shallow from A Star Is Born, easily the favorite. Um, not, you know, I, I don't have very mixed feelings about that film, but I would love the I would love Lady Gaga to win an Academy Award and this is the one she's probably going to get. I think there's probably no world in which Shallow does not win this just because Regardless of whether you love A Star Is Born or you hate it, that scene is is very po- is very powerful in the trailer. In the actual movie, uh, it's not just for me. It's unfortunate that it's all downhill after that scene. And then for the last slot, we have when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Again, like I mentioned, haven't seen that one, so uh, we'll definitely see that soon. And now we reach the point where the oscars.org list gets really confusing or unfortunate because they didn't list best picture here amidst in the middle of in the middle of the list but so in order to not lose my place we'll just continue as uh as we have and just do best picture now so we have black panther black klansman bohemian rhapsody the favorite green book roma a Star is Born, and Vice. So you could basically break this this eight nominees for some reason. I think it has something to do with there has to be a certain amount of uh, uh, votes for a film as number one in order for it to make the list. And so that's usually why it's a sliding scale between five and ten. Um, but still, the fact that... Okay, I guess let's run it through it real fast. The fact that films like Can You Ever Forgive Me? Or If Beale Street Could Talk? Or uh, Leave No Trace? Or... Uh, let me see. I had my list here. Blind Spotting, which nobody's seen this film and it's amazing. Or Eighth Grade, which is probably one of my biggest uh, disappointments that he got zero nominations. Or, um, let's see, I said Suspiria mentioned early, earlier, Tully Widows, you would never really hear. There's a lot of films that should have been nominated that could have filled those last two slots. So it's unfortunate that it ended up being just eight. And like I was starting to say, it's unfortunate that you could basically cut it in half to films that I really enjoyed and films that I or I think are overrated. So, like There's a sliding scale here. Four of these movies are either in the category where they're, I think they're overrated or I just don't think they're good films. Um, or somewhere in the myth, in the middle there where, you know, it's fine, but not uh, awards worthy. And then the other four that I'm like, all right, I get it. It's an achievement on some level all the way up to I personally love this movie. So if you're curious about that, my four that I really love are Black Panther, Black Klansman, The Favorite, and Roma, which I didn't love love because it's I saw it on my phone or on my tablet, I think, and I think it is a film, as I've heard time and again, it is a film that really benefits from seeing on the big screen, which I have not had a chance to do. Um, but I recognize the technical uh, skill that Alfonso Cuaron has in there as far as the way he's shooting it, the, the very the very precise way he makes movies, the strength of the performances, and uh, everything about that film is really well done. So I respect the craft involved, even if it's not personally like one of my top 10 favorite movies of the year. However, Bohemian Rhapsody, okay film, fine, read my review on recordable.com. 
it's 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 like a t- made for TV biopic, and you know that's great and everything. But there, it's really Rami Malek is is solid, but not again to me, not really even Oscar worthy. He's solid in it, but uh, and the music is great, but that had nothing to do with the film itself. So let's separate that for a second. Um, Green Book, which has is again a, an okay film. It's fine for what it is. Does not deserve to be nominated for an Oscar. Star is Born which I was so hyped on going into the theater because I'd read so much about like, oh my God, Bradley Cooper, amazing director. I don't think he, he didn't get the Oscar nomination for best director. I personally don't think he deserved it. I'm not really rooting for that film per se because I thought it was okay. It was fine. It's like a three out of five for me. Uh, I don't see what everybody is talking about when they think it's like, you know, they did Bradley Cooper instantly establishes himself as one of the Hollywood's leading directors and things like that. Not seeing that at all. So it's I think that movie's kind of whatever. And then Vice, which I did not like, did not think was a good film, did not care for on any level, and uh, did not think should be in anywhere in an Oscar conversation except for maybe Christian Bale. Um, so those are my thoughts there. Uh, I'm personally, obviously, as I've said on, on many times, I'm personally rooting for Black Panther. That was my favorite movie of 2018. Um, I don't know if it's going to get it because it has steep competition here. I just really hope it doesn't go to Green Book or uh, Bohemian Rhapsody like or Vice, the three three of the, the three weakest movies on here. If it goes to A Star is Born, eh, I don't love that movie. It's fine. It it's But it's not a terrible movie, so it won't like depress me if it wins. Um but it, it, right now, it seems like it's, it seems like it's really between Green Book, Roma, and A Star Is Born. So hopefully, Green Book will not get that, and it can fall to one of the other two, and or you know my dark horse choice in Black Panther. So I'm still rooting for, uh, still rooting for T'Challa there. Production design: We have Black Panther, The Favorite, First Man, Mary. Uh, there's First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. Um, for me, I think this is probably going to go to Roma, just because the film does feel so immersive. Uh, especially if you see it on a big screen, I've heard. Uh, you know, I could I could easily go to the favorite. Honestly, I like Black Panther, but I think the production design, a lot of that movie is very much CG backgrounds and things like that, and I think that knocks it a little bit as far as, uh, as far as, you know, as far as getting nominated for, or as far as winning for production design. So I could see it either being the Roma is probably the, the front runner for that, or the favorite, um, just because, again, Oscar voters tend to be suckers for period pieces. So for animated short film, I have not seen any of these except for one. So we have Animal Behavior, Bow, which is the one I've seen, which is the Pixar movie about the little dumpling boy. So I definitely think that's going to win because uh, I think uh, Pixar has a very good track record in this category. Late Afternoon, One Small Step, and Weekends. Um, I haven't seen the other ones. Hopefully I can try and find a way to watch them before February 24th when the Oscars are on. Uh, live action short film. We have Detainment, Fauve, Marguerite, Mother, and Skin. No idea what any of those are. Haven't seen them. So uh, your guess is as good as mine. Sound editing. Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, A Quiet Place, and Roma. Now, I would personally, I personally think that A Quiet Place needs to get something. And it's not nominated for sound mixing. Spoilers for the next category. So I really hope it gets that. Uh, just because so much of that movie is about the sound. Uh, the sound design is so key in that film. And yes, I love Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody has like the music and the way that they combine things that way. First Man is, you know, space travel and I get it. And then Roma is kind of, uh, you know, cry, trying to really put you in uh, Yelitsa uh, Aparicio, who's got the most fun to name, most most fun to say name of any of the nominees by far. Um 
I, I, you know, I think those films, the sound is important, but I think that it's absolutely critical to A Quiet Place. That movie does not work unless the sound uh, design is on point. So I hope that that's what I'm rooting for there. Although this could fall, if it turns into a uh, Roma sweep, this could easily go that way. And let's just pause for a second and recognize that Roma, which is a film chiefly distributed by Netflix, is nominated for, I think it was 10, yeah, it's a 10 nominations of 10, 10 Academy Awards this year. That's a huge breakthrough for the Academy Awards for, for to have Netflix in there. Because as you know, if you've been following, I don't know if you've been following it or not, but there's been kind of an ongoing feud slash rivalry with Netflix and the theater, you know, the theater chains and, and you know, at home streaming versus, you know, going out to your local cinema and things like that. So I think that's a huge breaking point. And I just saw, uh, saw the news or, or like yesterday that uh, Netflix is joining the Motion Picture Association of America, which again feels like a huge turning point. Moving ahead to sound mixing. We have Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, Roma, and A Star is Born. So you have two uh, two very music-centric films, Black Panther, First Man, and Roma. <sighs> I'm really bad at, pre- at predicting the sound categories. Um, I could really see this one going to First Man just because of the space travel thing and, and the, the, the role that sound plays there. But, I mean, again, I, I feel like this could easily go just go Roma's way as well. Um, visual effects... Uh, as a fan of big blockbuster cinema, you know, I have a tendency to really get into this category because a lot of times this is where some of the, the biggest hits are their only place, this is really their only place to get nominated. So we have Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo A Star Wars Story. Uh, I think Solo A Star Wars Story is a fine, you know, so it's an okay movie. The visuals are, are, are solid in it. I would not necessarily have nominated it here personally, which is how weird for me to say about a Star Wars movie. Uh, Ready Player One, same thing. I thought the visuals are fine. Uh, First Man, I honestly don't remember that movie enough to be able to say whether the visuals are, are strong enough. I'd need to revisit that before the awards. Christopher Robin, I thought was really, was really, um, it was really good the way that they were able to take these uh, stuffed, the stuffed bear of Winnie the Pooh and his friends, and and make them feel alive and kind of finally find the middle ground between feeling like they belong in the real world and feeling like they're animated. And then Avengers: Infinity War is clearly on this list chiefly because of. Um, Josh Brolin's performance as Thanos and the motion capture involved there. Um, personally, I also would have loved to see Mission Impossible Fallout nominated here. I think the fact that it wasn't a lot of CG, uh, maybe that hurt it because visual effects, I think, do chiefly correspond to the effects that are done in post-production. And a lot of Mission Impossible was more of the cinematography and things like that, the way that they actually did a lot of that stuff. So I be- I've, I've heard that that might have hurt them there. Uh, Paddington 2, I mean, just could have easily just could have been nominated as well as, uh, you know, in place of Christopher Robin. I think Christopher Robin got an extra boost because it's Disney and also because of what I said as far as uh, if they're not trying to create actual animals, they're trying to create like stuffed animals kind of come to life. Um, and it, which comes to which now brings to mind why haven't they made a corduroy movie yet? My wife Kai, she loves corduroy. You know, we read that book to our daughter and stuff. So I, I'm I'm surprised that they haven't done that. So maybe now that Christopher Robin has fine tuned that uh, that technology, maybe that'll be one of the next things. Who knows? Um, I do think Adventures Infinity War actually is more worthy of this category than Black Panther, which the effects at times there's a few moments where it does look a little wonky. 
um, especially in the final fight, some of the CG is not the greatest. So that's actually one thing where I, you know, I can understand some of the criticism with that film. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp also solid, but not like groundbreaking or anything. For me, visual effects is best used when, when it's a film doing something that's never been done before. So when it's, uh, you know, when it's um, the Lord of the Rings movies and the way that they created Gollum or uh, and the motion capture involved there or the Matrix films that films films that are doing something that hasn't like showing us something new not just creating another space battle another you know cg character things like that so for this one i i don't really know what i want to i'm not sure what i want to win here i'm a little torn um i guess if black panther doesn't win anything i guess i would like to see avengers infinity war get this one just because (laughs) <laughs> this is going to bringing up the whole comic book rivalry, but just because the DC extended universe has an Oscar for some reason for Suicide Squad, I believe it's for makeup and hairstyling, and the MCU has no Oscar wins thus far, and I think that's ridiculous, especially since the DC got such a bullshit one for their worst movie by far. Uh, so I guess I'm voting for Avengers in that respect, but that's just me being really petty. Hopefully Black Panther will win some other stuff and that will, you know, we won't have to worry about that. We can give visual effects to something else. I'm not sure what's the front runner here though. So um, it, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see what actually walks away with it. We're down to the last two categories here. The adapted screenplay. We have The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. Um... Of these, I would really like to see either Black Klansman or if Beale Street could talk, make the cut. Uh, I think A Star is Born is fine, as I said. Ballad of Buster Scruggs still hasn't seen. Can You Ever Forgive Me? I think it's a solid movie, but I don't think... It, it didn't It didn't strike me as particularly impressive. Like, I wasn't blown away by it. I was just, okay, that, that was a solid movie. That was, that was good. But I, I, I didn't really emotionally resonate with me. Uh, in the way that I think it has for some people. Um, if Beale Street could talk, again, that's Barry Jenkins, who won this category for Moonlight. Uh, or was it this category? I think it was... It might have been original screenplay, um, just because it was based on a... No, I'm, I don't know. I don't remember. It was one of the screenplay categories. So uh, I would like to see um, possibly him win, or if... Uh, if Spike Lee does not get director, I think this would be a chance to to give him uh, give him some Oscar love as last because he is listed as a writer for Black Klansman. So um, there's a lot of other ways it could have gone with that, but ultimately, I, you know, I would have liked to seen again. I sound like a broken record here, but I would have liked to seen Black Panther nominated for there uh, for this category. I would have liked to have seen um, what else adapted screenplay. I don't even know how how many of these are adapted. A lot of the ones that I was really into this year were original screenplay, so we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but yeah, so Suspiria was an interesting film. Um, but uh, let's move into original screenplay and finish this up and get get on out of here. So we have the favorite. Uh, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. First of all, Green Book and Vice could get the fuck out. Those those two are... Green Book, is an, as I said, is a fine movie. It's, it's whatever. It's problematic, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, I thought it was mildly entertaining, but not Oscar-worthy. But the fact that the screenplay is nominated is some bullshit. Uh, especially since there's been all kinds of controversies surrounding two out of the three writers. I, I don't, I'd like to think the Academy won't vote for it. Uh, first of all, cause it's not deserving. And then all the other reasons on top of that and vice could just, no, not, not, please don't. Uh, Roma, I do not feel like is a screenplay movie. It's more of a visual, it's more of a cinematography direction movie. And I think the Academy will probably figure that out. 
So for my money, this is probably, I'd like to see either The Favorite, uh, which is an incredible screenplay, um, probably, honestly, probably one of the one of the films where you can really tell that the screenplay is is a highlight. Like if this if the script is terrible, it doesn't matter how great the performances there are, they, it just it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work at all. Uh, I think the favorite relies so heavily on the screenplay by Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara, and I would love to see it get this. This is probably one of the ones I'd like to see it get the most. Honestly, uh, I know a lot of people love First Reformed and Paul Schrader's script there. Um, but I mean, it didn't entirely land for me. I think the ending is a big problem there. So for me, you know, I know Paul Schrader is, is a lot of people's, you know, behind one, a lot of people's one of their favorite movies of the year. I didn't see that. So if it doesn't get that, I won't be heartbroken. But if it gets it, I'll be like, eh, I guess whatever. I didn't not my not my cup of tea, I guess. Uh, for me, a lot of the screenplays that didn't get nominated that I think are ridiculous that it, they got overlooked. Blind Spotting, an amazing movie, made my top ten of the year. Eighth Grade, Bo Burnham script. I think it the fact that it got zero. Elsie Fisher didn't get nominated, which I should have mentioned with actress. Damn it, I forgot to mention that. So if you listened all the way through, you know that I, I actually did mention Elsie Fisher at some point. Uh, Bo Burnham script is amazing, uh, and I think it definitely should have gotten nominated. You can listen to an entire episode of the Crooked Table podcast. Um, either well depending when you're listening to this it's either in the feed or it's going to be in the feed in a couple of days uh, so either way keep your eye on the crooked table podcast feed for my episode where i talked to jackson smith about eighth grade and how great that is uh, that's jackson smith over at, at screen fever and um i also thought that uh isle of dogs was a, was a really good script sorry to bother you should have gotten this nomination if nothing else i thought boots riley did an amazing job with his first film another film uh that's you know, probably too irreverent for Oscars, but really deserve to be included here. Uh, so that's that's a tremendous bummer. Uh, Tully is a great film. Could have been nominated there and as well. Uh, just a lot of really strong original screenplays that I think should have been in contention. Support the Girls, I mentioned earlier, for Regina Hall. Leave No Trace is, is another one. Um, just this is really it's a really great year for for cinema overall, and I think the Oscars, as usual, got it right sometimes, and got it wrong probably more often than not, unfortunately, uh, as far as their nominations are concerned. But uh, you know, I've listened to the podcast Little Gold Men, which is put out by Vanity Fair and Panoply, and I think they do some great work over there, breaking down. Um, the Academy Awards season and just awards in general, and they made a really good point that you know. At least at this point in the Oscar ceremony, we have no clue what's going to win most of these. Uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting an interesting ride for the next month or so to see who actually walks away with it. And uh, there's some really great films on here, so I would definitely hi- highly recommend you check out most of the films that are nominated. Uh, as I said, I've seen almost all of them, and of the ones I haven't seen, my biggest uh, my biggest work my, my most work needs to be done in the foreign language and uh, documentary categories pretty much of the other films I've seen almost all of them with the exceptions of like Mary Queen of Scots and The Ballad of Buster Scruggs I think there might be one more I'm not thinking of off the top oh At Eternity's Gate I think with Willem Dafoe um, so definitely check out a lot, a lot of these films let me know what you think of these uh, Oscar nominated films especially the Best Picture what's your favorite Best Picture nominee uh, what are you really rooting for 
uh, on Oscar night. And um, I'll definitely have to record another one of these, maybe the day after the Oscars, with my response and how I felt about, you know, the non-hosting situation this year and uh, who won what and what are the highlighted moments and things like that. So maybe I'll do a follow-up to this bonus episode with another one. If you're interested in joining me on the show to chat about one of your favorite films, head on over to crookedtable.com slash guest. Or you can consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash crookedtable. Of course, you can always find more podcasts, reviews, videos, and other movie-related goodies over at crookedtable.com. Until next time, this has been the Crooked Table Podcast, and I've been Rob. This has been a production of crookedtable.com. All rights reserved. C-R-O-O-K-E-D.